What up, world? Past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday, so why not make it part of your daily routine and tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, I want to talk about the Blazers' upcoming three-game road trip that runs through Minneapolis, Indianapolis, and Toronto before they head back for a uh, 10 of 11 back at the Moda Center. This is their uh, last extended trip of February, their only multi-game trip of February, and and before they have this home-heavy chunk, which is a chance for them to kind of get right and get going, this is an important trip. Uh, It'll be an important trip for a variety of reasons. Two teams below 500, the Indiana Pacers, who are surprisingly pesky and pretty good, but three winnable games all away from home and a chance to like a chance to start building a little bit of momentum. Um, I don't even think I believe in the word momentum, and I'm I'm sorry that I used it in the first two minutes of this podcast, but uh, a a chance to build some good habits, I think is what I mean, and and, and get some confidence in the way you're playing, get, you know, the new parts like Gary Payton and and looks like Jabari Walker is going to be part of the rotation and and those those types of things ironed out. Figure out how you play with whatever the lineup is going to be, Uh, and I think that's going to be important, that that's what you want to do away from home, and then you really hammer those habits when you have time at home. Um, they play basically every other day for the rest of the month. Got a back-to-back in there against Dallas. So there's not going to be a ton, a ton of time for like hard live practices. Um, you just can't really get after it. And the like NBA teams are so cautious about, um, and rightly so in my opinion, about just like overextending guys during a very long season that if you play every other day, you're just not going to like get in the gym on the off day and like, run around for two and a half hours that did that in the nineties. Uh, maybe even in the early two thousands, it's just not how teams operate now. So the like chemistry, the development, it happens on the court. It's going to happen on the court. So you want to see guys play, which is why it's a bummer that the Blazers injury report showed up in my inbox or they put it on Twitter actually. But so in my Twitter feed with Gary Payton's name on it, Darn it! And not with the same thing that he's been on it forever, but with a new ailment. You know, uh, Peyton has been dealing, you know, he had core surgery in the offseason famously and has been taking, it took, you know, six months to, for him to make his debut and he, in his first game back, tweaked his right ankle a little bit. So this happened uh, with about 10 and a half minutes left in the second quarter on Monday evening. He was uh, playing help defense as Rodney Magruder drove to the middle of the paint. Gary Payton helped to the nail, helped to the middle of the paint, went up to try to block a shot, didn't get the ball and came down and kind of half rolled his right ankle. Uh, he crumpled to the floor and kind of got up limping and was limping for the remainder of 90 seconds that he was on the court. But he didn't, he still went out at his like typical sub time. He didn't go out early. He didn't, um, he didn't signal to the bench right away. He actually kind of did the thing guys do when they get hurt, when they don't look at the bench, they hide a little bit, but he was clearly hobbled a little bit when he was in that shift. And when he left, he went and rode the bike, but he didn't, he didn't, it didn't stop him from playing a normal seven minutes in the second half when he looked really productive in that second half. It's just kind of the nature of a rolled ankle is that day one, it hurts less than day two. Um, then he had to get on an airplane on day two. So it's like you sleep on it, you wake up and like, Oh, this is a lot worse. Um, you know, 
It's like, I don't like to talk about NBA injuries, but rolling your ankle playing basketball is something I've done a bunch. Um, it's happen, happens to mere mortals as well as NBA guys. Like, the day two stinks, right? And this is, I'm not surprised that he's um, officially listed as questionable. That means, like, in the, like, if you want to get really technical parlance of NBA injury reports, is that he has a 50% chance of playing. I think, you know, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he wants to play. Like if he's, if it took him so long to get back, he doesn't want to miss a game because of other injury stuff. Right. Like I think he was, and he was pretty clear about it in his post game interview is like his core injury is just as good as it's going to be. So he has to deal with it. Like he just has to deal with the, the shape that it's in this season. And if he wants to play, this is like the physical condition he's going to be in to play. That might've been holding him back mentally. The, the ankle thing seems to just be like, if he can go, he'll play. That's a bummer, though. It's a bummer because I, you know, you just want to see Peyton play, and because they play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday with no back-to-backs, obviously there's travel, and um, you're gonna move time zones a little bit. But like, it's uh, it would be what you want to see is is Peyton play his normal play what has been what had been his typical shifts, and then ramp up from there. So it's like. He's going to play those, you know, two six, two six minute shifts and play 12 and a half, 13 and a half minutes. Then you want to see him play a little bit more, get up to 15. And then maybe by the end of the road trip, he's comfortably playing 15 in that third game. And when he gets back and they're home, and again, they play every other day into the weekend, 15 becomes 18. He can settle into playing that 18 to 22 minute role, 18 to 22 minute a night role that I think he's going to play when he's fully ready to go. You can see him in more lineups. You can see him maybe at the end of games guarding tougher assignments uh, by the uh, not this coming weekend but the weekend after when the Blazers host Luka Doncic who just scores 50 points whenever he wants it's like maybe give GP a good crack at him and hopefully he by I was hoping by then you know he's in that 22 minute range where if it works which who knows if it will he's Luka's so darn big and all those things very hard to guard that like maybe then you can say yeah, let's let's try that. This is working. This is one of our better perimeter defenders it allows everyone else to kind of settle into roles that make more sense. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we just, we don't know. Um, they they didn't practice. It was a travel day. Uh, we'll probably get an update. Look look for Casey Holdall of Trailblazers.com to provide a report early if they do a game day shoot around. And otherwise, we'll just know before tip-off. But bummer for for uh, for Peyton, who, who rolled that right ankle. And we'll just see. Uh, the other name to know in the injury report, Yusuf Nurkic, um, probable with the non-COVID illness. He was... Um, you know, he was listed as questionable. He played and then he was, they pulled him out of the game and he looked, he didn't look good. Looked like a dude who might become overcoming some, um, some illness. So, uh, Keon Johnson and Greg Brown, who also were dealing with the same thing, they, they played and played at the end and got, you know, dunked the ball, do what they do. Uh, so hopefully Nurk is healthy and ready to go. Um, and, and if he's not, um, you know, I don't think he played well sick. So just like, don't, don't play if, if he can't go, but, uh, you know, you want, the best thing for everybody is is for the folks to be healthy. The other thing to watch with the Blazers is a subtle thing um, that it's it seemed that it happened, and then I kind of like second guess myself. But I think Jamari Walker leapfrogs Trenton Watford in the rotations. Uh, he subbed in early, and Watford seemed to only come in, um, particularly just like rewatching the Gary Payton minutes. Watford seemed to only come back in uh, because Nurk had to check out with foul trouble and ineffectiveness. And so they brought in Eubanks early and then, um, and then they went to Watford because Eubanks needed a breather. And then Nurk came back in the second quarter. I don't think Trenton Watford was going to play without Nurk's illness and some foul stuff. Um, I think he was out of the rotation. It had been leapfrogged by Jabari Walker, who, if you'll remember the podcast right before this, I was clamoring for him to get a real role and get real minutes. That was the guy he was going to take his minutes from. 
the backup power forward spot. Um, I'm cool with it. Trendon struggled a little bit. Um, I think he's got more skills than Jabari Walker, but Jabari Walker can really rebound. And in theory, he's a better shooter. Um, I don't know if functionally he is, but I want to see Jabari Walker play. Like, the, like that's the thing. When, when rookies play well in brief cameos, I think it's important to get them back and get them regular chances to be like, is this real? Three, four games. Okay, it's not. Go back to the bench. Like, I, that's the, in my mind, that's the best way to like tr- test out young players is when they show that they can contribute, let them keep contributing. So I, I think a thing to watch in this road trip is that Jabari Walker may have slipped in and supplanted Trendon Watford as the backup power forward off the bench. Of course, if Yusuf Nurkic misses the game, it's kind of moot because Walker's going to play anyways. But um, something to something to keep an eye on. It'll be it, that is um, regardless of uh, of GP's health, at least I think where Walker plays and how much he plays. I think that'll be really curious because he's he has he, Dude can really go go to the glass, and the Blazers need some help there. Let's talk about these specific games. Minnesota, Indiana, Toronto, three on the road beginning Wednesday night in Minneapolis. Let's let's talk about what that's going to look like uh, in the second segment. Preview those games a little bit, uh, who's available, what those teams have been doing, and get you prepped for everything you need to know about the road trip beyond just the Blazers' injury report availability and rotation. Getting you fully ready for a week on the road with the Blazers and a half a week on the road with the Blazers. Uh, but first... This episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA games, NHL games, uh, baseball futures, you got combat sports, you got soccer and that all over Europe that's now back in action. Uh, you, you're going to find uh, golf, you're going to find tennis, you're going to find whatever you want. It's all there on Bet Online, plus news. Uh, analysis, even some podcasts to make you a smarter, better, and give you a better chance to win some money. So go check it out, betonline.net. Don't wait. Take advantage today. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Let's talk about this game. Blazers got a road trip, starts in Minneapolis, ends in Toronto with Indiana sandwiched in between. Uh, let's just, I'm going to run through each of the teams, give you everything you need to know, and then we will talk about what this road trip means to close the show. But, uh, one of the values of this particular podcast network is that we've got shows on everybody. Um, Locked on Wolves with Ben Beacon is really, really good. Tony East does such a good job with, with Locked on Pacers and Sean Woodley is, dude is as, is as, is really really good he's nails with uh locked on raptors so like if you do want to get prepped go listen to those podcasts that's what i did to get prepped for this show so i'm going to bring you a little bit of insight from those three shows uh here's what you need to know about the minnesota timberwolves one is a uh, a, a pretty big development in minnesota at least as far as the injury report is concerned you know no carl anthony towns who's out until probably the february uh but uh, and no Jordan McLaughlin, their very talented backup point guard, who maybe is the best point guard on the roster. Uh, but the the big name that is that is listed as questionable is Torian Prince. Prince has not played since late November, since like Thanksgiving, um, with a right right shoulder subluxation or he dislocated his right shoulder. I'm not a not a doctor, podcaster. Um, struggle with the pronunciation, but he dislocated his right shoulder and hasn't played since the end of November. He has been upgraded from out to questionable that's a big one he is a useful wing who can really help and was playing big minutes when he was healthy to begin the year 
Torian Prince is good. Like, he can shoot. Um, he can he can rebound. He can defend. He's long. Like he's he's a multi skilled wing. Everyone in the league needs more of those. He will help if he can be if if he is available. And I think the upgrade from out to questionable is usually the signal NBA teams do to be like, hey, this dude who's been gone for a while, he's going to play. Um, except for the Blazers, who just straight up took Gary Payton off the injury report entirely. Uh, Torian Prince is a big one, big one, big one, big one for the for the Wolves who who will who could absolutely and will absolutely use his services. They were playing you know, Matt Thomas, a signee, waved, waved former Lakers signee uh, in the last game I watched of theirs. I win over the Denver Nuggets uh, in, in, in Minnesota. Uh, also on the injury report, upgraded on the injury report is Nas Reed, who missed the previous game with back spasms, uh, missed that win over the Nuggets with back spasms. He's still listed as questionable. Um, if he doesn't play, you will get to see former Blazer great Luca Garza, a summer league legend, summer league champion with the Blazers. Um, he'll play a little bit as long as well as Nathan Knight as a backup big. Um, Nas Reed is better than both of those dudes. And if Torian Prince and Nas Reed are healthy, you won't see either of them. You won't even know they're on the team. Um, but that helps their bench and helps their depth because their depth is really dicey right now with no Carl Anthony Towns. Um, the minutes without Gobert are like, oh, Luca Garza, post-isolation, getting a running a pick-and-roll with Austin Rivers. Whoa. Um also, uh, D'Angelo Russell, who missed the previous game with an illness, is not in the injury report at all. D'Lo's going to play, so you've got that there. And Minnesota needs all the help they can get. They've lost 9 of 10. They beat Denver in their last game. They beat the Nuggets uh, by double digits in, in, in Minneapolis um, in a game where Anthony Edwards was really stinking good. Jalen Noel was, was really stinking good, uh, particularly Ant. He, was, he went off. Um, but that snapped a six-game losing streak. They've lost nine of 12. Um, overall in the year, they're 20th in offense. They just they just can't score with any regularity, and they're 14th in defense. A Rudy Gobert team that is slightly above average on defense. They struggle there, and they just, they just can't score. They're so reliant on Anthony Edwards to have hot shooting nights, and he's been prone to some um, prone to some stinkers this year, quite frankly, and he's... Um, they need his him to be consistently good for this to work. Uh, D'Angelo Russell being back will help them for sure because he's just another dude who can make shots, but he's been um, hot and very cold this year as well. So, um, yeah, their offense isn't very good. The Blazers, you know, um, Blazers are a bad defensive team and playing one of the 10 worst offenses in the league. Take advantage of it. Make it hard. The first, first two meetings between these teams were in Minnesota. They played it, Minnesota, or Blazers beat them twice. Or, in Portland against Minnesota, the Blazers beat the Timberwolves twice. The first game, Portland just couldn't stop pick and roll actions. D'Angelo Russell got what he wanted. Anthony Edwards got what he wanted. Rudy Gobert got what got what he wanted. Those that trio, darn near, at, you know, at seventy some points, seventy two points, I believe. That trio, darn near, won the game for the Blazers in a game that just came down to like, you know, late game execution. Portland was better. Blazers responded with a much better defensive effort and an, and an awesome offensive game. Uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Edwards, Amphrey Simons, and Dame like carried him home. Said, "Let come on, let's go," and and made sure the Blazers rolled in that one. Um, play some better pick and roll defense. Continue to score, 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 score. The Blazers score to win 115. That's what they need to win. Um, their formula hasn't changed. That's a winnable game. Indiana is a tougher one, much tougher one. Uh, not much tougher. It's like. Minnesota has been has been struggling. I think they're um, I think they have the talent, particularly with the addition of of Nas Reed and Torian Prince, to be back in the lineup and all those things. Like talent to win. All of these games are both winnable and losable. Indiana is the best team the Blazers play on this trip. 
Tyrese Halliburton is just a straight-up star. Um, he's a star. He's leading the league in assists. He plays incredibly fast. He um, he gets them in transition with great hit-ahead passes, and is really smart at finding his guys on the break. And then in close games, including a couple wins last week, right after I said they weren't very good, um, immediately after I said they weren't very good on the podcast, they they beat the Hawks and Tyrese Halliburton just takes over down the stretch. And then over the weekend, I watched, they had a afternoon Saturday afternoon game against the Clippers and Tyrese Halliburton just, he, he just orchestrates so well in the half court against a really good defensive team. Like the Clippers, um, there's a home game, but like really good defensive team, um, you know, Clippers on the road, um, beating the Clippers at home, Clippers defense travels. They've been good on defense everywhere. They just can't score away in LA. They can't score anywhere, but they can't score away from LA. Like Tyrese Halliburton is just, he's a, he's a star. Dude's a star. Miles Turner's having the best season of his career. Um, the, the whole world's been trying to get him traded out of in, of Indiana for the entire season and, and even all off season. And he just responded by having the best scoring, best offensive year of his career. Um, you know, he's had better, maybe better, like raw block number years, but for my money, this is the best he's ever played. Dude's, dude's really good. And when they matched up, he played really well against, uh, against Nurk last time. They kind of went at it a little bit. My, Miles, Miles Turner had a monster, monster first half against the Blazers. Monster first half. And then, like, the 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 other parts for the Pacers are just, like, useful. Aaron Neesmith has blossomed into, like, a starting level wing. Ben Matherin is a really good rookie. Buddy Heald is a great running mate for Tyrese Halliburton because he plays in transition and chucks up threes. And, and when you play with a point guard that hits ahead and wants to run, having a dude that fearlessly fires is really valuable. And Buddy Heald does that. TJ McConnell's back and healthy. He does pesky stuff. The Pacers are just a good basketball team that that they're they're tough. Like they are going to um they're 13th in offense, 22nd in defense, but that offense it can get humming. Like I I know they're slightly above average, but like humming. Like when they get going, it's it they're real deal. That's a tough game against the 21 and 17 Indiana Pacers, who I tried to bury, and they've won three straight since then. Final game of this trip is in Toronto against a team that, quite frankly, just is out of sorts. They've lost 12 of 18. And maybe my favorite player in the NBA, Fred Van Vliet, he can't make anything. Um, you know, they they started 5-4, and four, and it's like, oh, they're okay. Pascal Siakam gets hurt, and they kind of, they struggle. And they struggle without Pascal Siakam. He's playing, you know, all-NBA level uh, quality this year. He's He can pass. He can score at all three levels. He's defending. He's like, he's... He plays three positions pretty seamlessly or any position pretty seamlessly. Like he's, he's a beast and their half court offense stinks. And he, he gets, he's the guy who can um, kind of get them going in the half court and they, they, they need him. But then he comes back and they've, they've still lost. They've still lost 12 of 18 with him back in the lineup with, with Pascal back. They're just reeling, including six straight, a six game losing streak that started with two losses to the Orlando magic. Like, this team has kind of lost their identity of being this hellacious defensive team. They're 16th in offense, 17th in defense. Um, but they just, they've, the fly around monster defense of a season ago just hasn't really come all the way back. Um, the funkiness that allowed them to be so effective without a center has kind of gone away as Scotty Barnes, the second year, you know, rookie of the year, second year player has really struggled. And my man, Fred Van Vliet just can't score. He just can't score. He's an all-star last year. He's a career 38% three-point shooter. He's shooting under 33% from three. Dude can't score. It's really hard to run a, we're going to be good on offense and rely on two dudes to bail us out on, or really good on defense and rely on two dudes to bail us out on offense when one of those dudes can't do it. Um, you know, Nick Nurse, Every 
10 days, calls out a player on the roster and says they're not playing well enough. This team is just struggling right now. Certainly has the talent to be be trouble, right? Like they can beat they can beat some teams and be be trouble, but they have struggled. Which means that the Blazers have two winnable games on this trip. They have three winnable games on this trip, but two games against teams below 500. Minnesota's a winnable game to start the trip. Toronto's a winnable game to end the trip. Indiana's a pesky team in the middle who you've already beaten. It's three winnable games. This is a prove-it trip. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. It's a chance to prove it. We'll see if they can do it. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a password point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Listen. This is a chance for the Blazers to prove they got it. We saw them on Monday night with it rolling and Gary Payton back in the lineup and Anthony Simon scoring 30 and Jeremy Grant scoring 36 and Damian Lode has 19 and 10 dimes. Uh, they're, they're flinging the ball around, 18 assists in the, on 23 field goals in the first half. They score a buck 35. The offense is rolling. This is the platonic ideal of what they can be, which is a team that is just too good on offense to handle. That's the Detroit Pistons. On Friday, the offense melted down against the, a good team in the Golden State Warriors. I, I think the Warriors are going to get right with Steph Curry out and end up like the best team in the Western Conference when it's all said and done. Um, but like, we need to, we like the, the Portland Trailblazers viewing interested, uh, need to see them play a little bit better. It has been a minute since they beat some good teams on the road. In fact, the Blazers this year have, including the season opener, the win over the Sacramento Kings, when both teams were 0-0, have just four road wins against teams that were at or above 500 at the time of the game. Sacramento began the season, Phoenix early in the year, uh, New Orleans early in the year without Damian Lillard, and then Utah at the end of... um, Utah and Salt Lake City, which was a really nice win where they executed really well down the stretch and beat beat the, the uh, Utah Jazz. Like f- just four such wins against teams that were that were um, above 500 when the games were played. It's not a, that's not a perfect measurement, but it kind of indicates what we've seen. They haven't beat a team with that's at at or above 500 on the road since December 3rd. That was that game in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. They've lost three st- three straight. They lost to Dallas, where they got punked. They were down 25 in the third quarter, and Chauncey Billups pulled the plug. They lost in Denver to cl- to conclude that trip in a game where they just got outclassed. The Nuggets were just better than them, and that's why they lost, because they were the second-best team that played that night. Sometimes it happens, but it was real, and it was kind of like aff- you know, affirming, like, yes, you are not as good as that team. Then against uh, the Warriors, you know, without Steph Curry, but... Th- against the Warriors who got back to 500 just before this game to make the stat true. Uh, like, you know, we're right there. They were after trailing by 18 early, come all the way back, get a double digit lead, lead by eight with four and a half minutes left and, and just crumble. Cause the offense disappears down the stretch with bad shots and bad turnovers. It wasn't even a defense problem. It was just the, they just could not shake free of Dante DiVincenzo and Jonathan Kaminga. And they did not run enough good actions to get quality looks. We need to see them beat good teams. Here's the good news. They only play one team that has a winning record on this trip. Uh, Minnesota is probably a little better than the record, but not much. Toronto, it's, 
at some point you are what you are. Like I, I've been waiting for the Raptors to turn the corner because I believe in their talent. But my man, my man, Frederick Edmund Van Vliet Sr. can't make any shots, so they just might not be very good either. That means you play one legitimately good team, a, a very talented, um, like just just a tough, a tough. Uh, Pacers team led by uh, led by an all star point guard and a really good big man and the right the right complementary parts. This isn't this bonkers difficult road trip. This is one this is one legitimately good team, two winnable games, a chance to go three and zero or at the very least two and one. But you want to see them take care of business. You want to see them beat good teams on the road. Uh, that's beyond taking care of business. That's getting a quality win. You want to see them stack up quality wins because after that. Things ease up so dramatically. Ten of their next eleven are on the road. After that, after this road trip, there's just four road games before the entire All Star break. It's like, you know, sixteen of their next twenty three are at are, are at home, for, or sixteen coming into the stretch. Sixteen of twenty three at the home into the All Star break are at home into the All Star break. This is this is one. This is three of their seven games. Then you have just four road games remaining between January tenth and freaking Valentine's Day. It's like you know, four plus weeks with four road games, you can, you have a chance to fatten up at home. There's some tough ones at home there, you know, Dallas and Philadelphia, but like this, take care of business on the road trip, win two out of three or go three and oh, come into a home heavy schedule and put yourself in the right position as you're getting Gary Payton back and reintegrating him as you're figuring out like, the end of your bench with Jabari Walker and Trenton Watford. Uh, sometime probably prior to the All-Star break, you could get Nazir Little back. You could get Justice Winslow back. You could, you could, you know, trade deadlines February 9th. So maybe you get some new parts. But like, this is your chance. And it starts here with this prove-it trip. We have not seen them get a quality win on the road in a while. They haven't had many opportunities. But when they had a blowout in Dallas, uh, just a, a, a game where they just weren't, weren't good enough in Denver and a meltdown in Golden State. At Indiana. On Friday evening, a chance to prove it like, hey, we're actually a we're actually a team that can get quality wins on the road. We're going to go do it. And then we're gonna go back home and chill for two weeks because we've we have a, a schedule in January that is made for us to climb in the standings. Has to start on this road trip. Absolutely has to start on this road trip. Uh Minnesota's no cakewalk, Toronto's no cakewalk, and, and Indiana's straight up good. But these are three winnable games right in front of you to prove that you are taking making strides in the right direction and not a team that can just punk the Detroit's uh, pistons of the world. And when you play higher quality competition like they did in their last road trip, they look like they're outclassed. San Antonio and Houston are wins. You play qual- teams that are better than that, gets a little dicey, including those two losses in OKC. Chance for the Blazers to kind of build those good habits, start building those good habits, and get some quality wins on the road. Like I said, uh, check out those other podcasts. Uh, all, all three of those uh, hosts that I mentioned do a really good job and will make you um, a smarter fan. So check those out. Uh, after you make the show your first listen, why not check out Locks on Wolves with Ben Beacon as your second listen, and then you can listen to Tony Tony East and Locks on Pacers and Shad Woodley on Locks on Raptors. Come back and listen to Wednesday's. Actually, excuse me, this is Wednesday's show. Come back and listen to Thursday's show. We'll talk about that game against the Wolves. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>